What is up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Curveballs and Share Shots. My name is Brandon Tanguma. Sitting electronically more than six feet away from me is my lovely and esteemed co-host, Dominic Hobson. Dominic, how are you doing today? Brandon, I am doing wonderful. How are you, my friend? I'm doing just fine. Glad to hear that you're doing great, Dominic. But unfortunately, we have to start off on another somber note. We have another baseball legend that has passed away. Last week, it was Tom Seaver. This week, it was Lou Brock, the king of stolen bases for the longest time. St. Louis Cardinal great passed away this past weekend. You know, just another, I, I guess you can say, feather in the cap of why 2020 is such a shitty year. And also, it is the 19th anniversary of the September 11th attack on the World Trade Center. So overall, you know, start off on another somber note. But, you know, never forget, right, Dominic? I mean... If 2020 was not already shitty enough, I mean, it seems to be every time we do a podcast, we're remembering someone or something. It's just just terrible. And, you know, being that today is 9-11, it's, you know, it, it you know, 2020 has felt like 9-11, if you think about it. It's just every day is just terrible, 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 and terrible. Um, also, it's Paul Hemmings' birthday, which is terrible, so. Dominic starting off with the hot take. So I don't know if we ever actually talked about this, but we're the same age, went to the same elementary school. So we should have around the same memories. Dominic, do you have, do you remember what you were doing 9-11? Cause we're kind of like the last generation to really remember what we were doing on that unfaithful day. I'm 99% sure that, uh, I got, did I get pulled? I think my mom pulled me and my brother out of school. Um, because, because of it. And I remember we came home and they, she explained to us like what happened and we watched the news the whole fucking day. Well, I have a quite you, different regulation because I feel as though the attacks on the world trade center happened in the morning, which would be sort of early morning for us. So I remember being woken up. My mother turns on the news and I think I was eating like a bowl of fruit loops for some reason that sticks out to me, but for my recollection that it, you know, it all happened before I went to school. And I think I still went to school that day, but I, I don't remember like, you know, the teachers or anything like it was like all crazy and everyone was like on edge. Like, I don't remember that part, but I kind of remember just like the early morning and like my mom never watches the news, never turns it on. But for some reason she turned it on that day and, you know, had to, had to watch the world trade center fall down. Well, I mean, I, I remember getting pulled out, but it was but it wasn't until later in the day. That's what I. It wasn't like I, you know, you know, I I went to school, but then got pulled out because I think everyone was so fucking on edge and everything. But I mean, you know that that it's something that I hope I never again have to experience. But you know, just you know, we still got a couple more months. I'm sure 2020 is going to bring something even worse. So. Well, we got a jam-packed show today. We don't have a lot of news to really talk about, but we have a lot of predictions. We're going to do our NFL predictions, going to do some recaps of wrestling and the Thursday night football game. But first, we're going to talk some NBA playoffs. And my Miami Heat pulled off the upset, winning the Eastern Conference semifinals in five games, dethroning the number one seed, the best team statistically, in the league, the Milwaukee Bucks losing. Uh, Giannis was not playing uh, the last few games of the series, so that obviously helps them. 
but the Miami Heat being one of those teams that has caught fire in the bubble, and they have dethroned one of the favorites to definitely come out of the East, but also just win the finals in general. So, Dominic, first your reaction to the Heat beating the Bucks so decisively. I mean, I'm going to be 100% honest right now. Um, yes, I did pick the Bucks to go all the way. Uh, I'm I'm not gonna blame. I'm not gonna put a lot of blame on Giannis. I just feel like, you know, it, it to me it kind of comes down to, you know, same thing that happened Anthony da- Anthony Davis in New Orleans few for you know the years he was there. You're a great, you're a superstar, but when you can't build around your superstar, how do you expect to win? Um, he got hurt. Can you blame him being hurt? Yeah. But I felt like even when he wasn't hurt, he wasn't playing to his caliber. You don't have people on the bench or starting to really get him going either. So I feel like it was kind of he was doomed from the start in this series. Butler and the Heat are on fire. I'm, I see what I'm you did gonna, there. Uh, yeah, 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 mm-hmm. like that. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to say that uh, I was surprised that, you know, the Heat – I'm more surprised that – the Bucks lost than the Heat winning. Yeah, I think the comparison that you made with Anthony Davis and the Pelicans was very apropos because we're seeing now that you definitely need to have superstars together. Not only that, you can have shooters around you and just having Giannis be the big man in the middle and trying to be the dominant big man, that's just not enough because he can't be out there and guard the paint and be out there shooting threes and defending the perimeter as well. So I just think the Bucks just weren't built correctly to I mean if if Giannis had you know a Clay Thompson or another elite guard that could shoot and be a playmaker of that ilk not exactly Clay but you know Kyrie Irving or someone like that I think definitely the Bucks could have made a deep run but they just didn't have that extra person to pair with Giannis to make them have that deep run and now just the speculation and the rumors are going to run rampant in the off season to see where he goes if he doesn't stay with the Bucks. I mean, if if I was Bucks management ownership, whatever you know, manager, whatever, um, the best bet is to say, hey, look, we can't get you a Steph Curry, a we can't get you a elite player, but is there anything we can do, draft picks or trades or anything that you know, who would you want that would make you stay? I would, I would tell Giannis, "A, hey, we'll give, we'll do anything you want if you stay, because you know as soon as they trade him, the Bucks are going to go to shit. So, whatever they do, they need to give free free reign to Giannis and say, we'll do whatever you want. Just stay with us, please." Quick answer: Is Giannis in a Milwaukee Bucks uniform next year? Yes or no? No. Then moving on to the other. Eastern Conference semis. We got Game 7 going on right now as we speak, so we're not going to go into predictions or anything like that, but Boston was up 2-0 against the Toronto Raptors, another I guess kind of upset in the making, but you know it's a 3-2 matchup, and then the Toronto Raptors you know, make a little bit of comeback, and now they tie it up 3-3 going into Game 7. I mean, I don't know if you want to go into a prediction to think who's going to win, but who do you think is more likely to give the Heat trouble and to make it to the Finals? I mean that's a really good question. I I feel that the more versatile, the more uh, 
the team that I think would, I guess to answer your question, the team that would give them more trouble would be the Celtics. I feel like they're just better all the way around. Not not taking anything away from Toronto, but I just feel like the Celtics are the ones that the Heat would most likely not want to face. Yeah, I think I got to agree with you that the Celtics is the more dangerous team. Obviously, if they don't play up to their capabilities, then the Toronto Raptors will take advantage and then beat them in this game seven. But I think, you know, seeing Jason Tatum going up against Jimmy Butler in the Eastern Conference Finals, that could be a lot of fun to see. Obviously, I will be going with my Miami Heat to win it all. I mean, I guess not at all because I still got the Clippers to win. So hopefully they can. But you didn't even choose them to begin with. You, didn't you chose the Bucks to go all the uh, all the way? No, it's going to be chose a the si- Okay, well, if we're going to be technical, I chose the Sixers. So the Sixers lost to the Celtics. Oh. So then I guess I should want the Celtics to beat the Heat. So then my app, you know, by whatever butterfly effect, I technically. Yeah. If we're going to be technical, well, but moving I picked over. the Bucks. So technically, I would want the Heat to win. There you go. Yeah. All right, there you go. Over on the West. We just finished up the Denver Nuggets defeating the Los Angeles Clippers. They pull, uh, I don't know what the hell I was going to say, but they stave off elimination to bring it to game six. They are down two games to three, while the Los Angeles Lakers, on the other hand, are soundly ahead of the Rockets three games to one. They will play on Saturday. I think we still believe that both LA teams will walk away from this. I think the Nuggets have a better chance of pulling off the upset. We also have news that a Rockets player broke protocol. He left the bubble, had an unauthorized person in his room for multiple hours. So who knows exactly what they were doing for those multiple hours. But I mean, if, he, if it's multiple hours, let me, let's give the guy at least a little you know, applause. Maybe they were just playing video games. Right. I know what adults do with matchbox cars, dude. So... I mean, I don't know if you want to talk anything about these two series. I think we're pretty on this, pretty much on the same page. We both think the Clippers and the Lakers will advance here. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of self-explanatory. I'm not – I mean, if you want to go a little in-depth, it's up to you. But, I mean, you know it's going to be Lakers, Clippers. But I think the thing we need to talk about most is what's coming out of the Laker-Clipper matchup. Well, what is going to come out of the Laker-Clipper matchup, Dominic? You know, LeBron and AD couldn't go all the way to the finals, dog. No, Kawhi and Paul Pierce are going to go all the way to the finals, Doug. Paul Pierce? Paul George. Maybe Paul Pierce. Uh, Maybe he'll join He'll join the team, too, in his wheelchair because he has to take a shit. Uh, OBJ is going to play, too? Come on, Dominic. Can we at least oh, keep the OBJ sorry. jokes until sorry. we get to the football? Sorry, sorry. Had it, had, it slipped out. One quick news uh, from basketball. Billy Donovan. He will not return as the Oklahoma City Thunder head coach. Who knows who they will look towards. But, I mean, uh, one job opening on a high-ranking team. I mean, I don't know if you have any names in mind, but do you think the head coach, if they change the head coach, this could help the Thunder make the next step? I mean, if you think about it, you look at, I mean, sorry, the only team I really – focused on is the Warriors but you know under Don Nelson they hit a ceiling and then when they got uh fuck what's his name help me out here what was the head coach before Kerr Mark Jackson Mark Jackson when they got the Mark Jackson they went past what Don Nelson did but they couldn't get past the next one they brought in Steve Kerr so I think Billy Don you know he he did his job they got he he did so much with them 
but I think he lacked one little thing that couldn't help them reach their, you know, goal, which is winning a finals. So, uh, you know, I don't, I have no one in mind for, for the Thunder. So we'll have to wait and see. Well, let's move on to the NFL. We're going to do our predictions here on the show. So we all know Dominic loves, uh, loves his NFL. He knows all the different divisions and the conferences. I mean, you want me, you want me to list them? You want me to list them? I mean, you could. We don't have time. If you, if I don't, we, don't, we, don't have, we, we don't have time. I can't do it. All right. So we will work our way from the east over to the west. So let's start over in the AFC. We got the Bills, Dolphins, Patriots, and the Jets. The Bills and Patriots seem to be the two top favorites. Patriots obviously do not have Tom Brady anymore. They have Cam Newton, the Bills, pick up Stephon Diggs, add a little bit more to that offense. I think this could be the Bills' year, and I will pick the Bills to win the East. You bastard, I was going to go with the Bills. Because no one circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills, right, Dominic? Like the Buffalo Wild Wings, yes. I do think the Patriots will make a wild card. I think they still will be successful. Uh, I think we can talk a little bit more about it when we go in-depth to uh, someone's picks later on in the show, but I do think the Patriots... uh, I think it's Dominic's picks is what... No, I want you to do it this week. You want me to sing it? Yeah, I want you to sing it, and I want you to do your picks. Okay. Maybe we'll cross Maybe. that bridge when we get there. We'll see. We'll see what happens here. But then moving over to the north, we got the Ravens, who were the clear-cut runaway team last year. The Bengals behind rookie Joe Burrow. The uh, Cleveland Browns, new head coach. So hopefully they can maybe make some moves there. And then we get the Pittsburgh Steelers. Ben Roethlisberger coming back off of injury. I think this could be a sneaky good division. Obviously, I think the Ravens will get the division win here. Don't know if anyone could come out of this division as a wild card, but I think the Browns will make some improvements. I think the Steelers will be good as well. Bengals will not be in that playoff contention. I mean, maybe they'll sniff a wild card berth, but I think they'll win, you know, six, seven games around there. Well, I think since we started this podcast, Brandon, I've ridden high on my Browns. You know, Mayfield came in and I was like, oh, man, he's the best. And they got Chubb and, and they had OBJ. And I was just like, oh, the Browns, the Browns, the Browns. Fuck the Browns. I'm tired of their bullshit. They're making me look like a laughingstock in this fucking football community. I'm going to go with the Ravens because it's a for sure pick. All right. Any thoughts on either the Bengals or the Steelers and what they will do this year? You know, I'm not – I do agree with you, Bengals. I, I think the Bengals, they're going to work a lot of things out this season. They're, um, I don't think anybody's going to be – I don't know, actually. I'm, you know what? I can possibly see the Steelers making that wild card just because I, I, Ben, he, he's a great quarterback. He can make he may be old and he's injury prone, but if he stays healthy, I think he can make the he can lead them to at least a wild card. But I think the Ravens for sure will win. Then we go down south. We got the Colts, Jaguars, Titans, and the Texans. We got to look at the Texans yesterday. 
the Titans were the division winners last year. Kind of the surprise team in the league along with the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, The Jaguars are going to be one of, if not the worst team in the league this year. I think the Colts will be good. You got Phillip Rivers over there. But I think it will be the Titans season once again with the Texans and Colts battling out for a wild card spot. I do agree. I'm going with I'm going with Titans. Uh, what what what's what's Henry's nickname? Do you remember it? I don't remember it at all. Sound like like super horse or something, jacked horse or something like that, or the muscle hamster. That's not the muscle hamster. Uh, it is not, but I want to see if you're going to run with it. Oh no, that's uh that's some old Seahawk Seahawk guy. I can't remember, but um, uh, but I'll go, I'll go with Titans. Uh, I I think if I had to, if if I had to pick a wild card, I th- most likely go with the Texans. I think that's the Texans have been wild card for the past like four seasons, aren't haven't they, or something crazy like that? It's seemingly like every early Saturday wild card game has taken place in Houston. So I I I think I, I will nail down the Texans. Even if that would mean that they won the division, but that doesn't make any sense. But who cares? Who cares? I'll go with the Texans as the wild card. Then in the West, you got the Kansas City Chiefs, the defending Super Bowl champions. I think it's the Chiefs and everyone else. But for sake, we will just run down the other teams. We got the Broncos, Raiders, and the Chargers. I think, I think this is a, a good division. I mean, Dominic is probably going to talk about the outlook of the Las Vegas Raiders. But I think the Chiefs will win. The Raiders still got to figure some things out. I think they could be good. Don't think they're going to be, you know, set the world on fire by any means. The Broncos, they got Drew Locke. I think they'll be decent. The Chargers, you know, they're working some things out with Tyrod Taylor. Herbert, the backup rookie, I think he's going to get a look at the end of the season. So I don't think the Chargers will be doing too much. But I think the Broncos and Raiders can flirt around 500 and sniff a playoff spot. I 100% agree with you for the Chiefs. I think if there's any year for the Raiders, it is this year. I feel like both Bronco, uh, Denver and the Chargers, this isn't going to be the year. I think they're too busy figuring out QBs and receiving and all this other shit. So I think if the Raiders have a chance, it is this season to get that wild card spot. I mean, shit, I, I'm not saying they're going to win the division, but I mean, it takes one key injury for those Chiefs to go down. The Raiders have the division, so I, 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 I'm going to stick with Chiefs winning the division, but I, I, putting a lot of faith. First season in Las Vegas, I'm putting faith in them. I'm going with the Raiders and the wild card. I think the Raiders definitely have to take advantage of those four games against the Broncos and the Chargers. At least take three of those, if not all four, and then you just hope for the best when you face those Chiefs. I, I mean, you got Mariota sitting in the wings. Do you think Marcus Mariota starts a game Without injury from Derek Carr, does Marcus Mariota start for the Raiders one game this season? I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I won't. Uh, I. I don't know. I, I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say yes. I feel like if Carr's not performing, I. I think if John Gruden wants to be the good, the good coach he is. If Carr is not performing, he needs to take him out. And that's kind of a, a, key, a big thing you don't see anymore is when people start sucking sucking balls. I mean, they suck balls. You suck balls. 
but you got to take them out and put someone that can do the job better. So I, I wouldn't put it past them. Now let's move over to the NFC real quick. Out East, got the Cowboys, the Giants, the Eagles, and the Washington football team. Great name, by the way. I think the Cowboys and the Eagles are going to be the two top contenders with the Giants needing to figure some things out with the, I guess, sophomore uh, Danny Dimes quarterback out there. Washington, it's Washington. I think they're going to be down in the, in the dumps once again. Uh, this normally is not a good division record-wise, but the offense of the Cowboys is going to be good. I think defense are going to have to look out for both the Cowboys and the Eagles to see who was a better defense, but I will go with the Cowboys to get the job done. I think the Eagles will be good as well. I think both of those teams will win enough games to where both of them will make the playoffs, but I will go with the Cowboys. Dak Prescott's last season under contract. He's trying to get that big bag, and I think he gets it done. I'll go with the Cowboys. Well, I'm going to go opposite. I'm going to go with the Eagles. Uh, just because I think the Cowboys are fucking trash. I, and I know saying that they're trash, I'm going to piss people off. They're going to call me idiot. They can't get the job done. They choke year after year. I feel like the Eagles have been consistent. Both Eagles. Then up north, you got the Bears, Lions, Packers, and Vikings. The Vikings are the... I, mean, I forget if they defended or not, but the Packers made it all the way to the NFC championship game. Uh, no, I believe the Packers won last year and the Vikings were a wild card team. So those are the two teams that are going to be facing off for the division. And they both are going to start off the season against each other this week, which we will talk about. I think both teams are good. I'm going to go with the Packers. I think the Packers are I mean, they were fantastic last year. They didn't even need to rely on Aaron Rodgers. They don't have a really good passing game in terms of wide receiver depth, so I think that might hurt them a little bit. But I think the Packers have a good defense. They have a good enough offense, and I think they'll get the job done this year. I'll agree with you. I'll go with the Packers. Uh, I, I think this is Aaron Rodgers' real last chance of doing anything. I, I don't see him playing much longer. I feel like he's been hurt too, too much, and I think it's just time for him to slowly, you know, start, you know. Tra- I can't – who do they – I know I always do this to you, and I ask who do they draft, but who did – I know they draft a QB, but uh, who – do you remember who it was? Wasn't it like a – Someone a big from, name? From, from BYU, I believe so. I think it's time for him. This is his last chance to really – you know, make it the Super Bowl and all, all you know, and win and everything. But this might be his last chance before he needs to start slowly stepping down and showing the younger kid how to how to play. Then we go to the South. You got the Saints, who have just been running that division for a long time. The Falcons, who had their run to the Super Bowl, and then now you got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers with Tom Brady. And then you got the Carolina Panthers, who have the best player in the league in uh, Christian McCaffrey, but. I don't think they're going to be doing too much this year. But the real story here is, fair or not, is Tom Brady joining the Buccaneers first season outside of New England. I'm going to go with the Saints still to win the division. But, Dominic, what is your thoughts on Tom Brady and how he's going to work in that offense on that team? Well, I mean, he's the fucking GOAT, first of all. He has, he ha- he has Rob Gronkowski back, who is – 
arguably one of the greatest tight ends of all time. Uh, I I think Tampa Bay is going to fuck your Saints up. Mm-hmm. Not in not saying that you know they're going to beat them or anything. I just think their record is going to surpass them just a little bit to where it's going to screw over your Saints, and, and you're going to hate Tom Brady even more. And it has nothing to do with Dominic taking them in the third round of fantasy football. Uh, I mean, I got Tom Brady. I mean, I got Christian McCaffrey too. I don't know what you're talking about. So, uh, and you got Cooper Cup. So you're ready to set the world on fire, right? And I got Diggs. Good job. Made made one good pick. I got two good picks. What are you talking about? Okay, yeah, two good picks because he picked Christian McCaffrey at number one. Yes. So, good job. Uh, then, I guess we're just gonna. Oh, I guess we got to go to the West. We got the San Francisco 49ers defending NFC champions with the Los Angeles Rams debuting their new stadium. Maybe we'll go there next year for WrestleMania. Highly doubt it, but keep an optimistic eye. Then we got the Seattle Seagulls and the Arizona Cardinals. Fun division. Well, I mean, a lot of good offenses we, here. We can just, just automatically just say that it's going to be the, the Niners again, so I'm fine with that. Okay, Dominic, just put it in the 49ers like it's nothing. I will go with the Seahawks. I think the Seahawks will have a good season. I also think the Rams will have a good season. I think this is going to be a tough division. The Cardinals are going to make that next step behind Cliff Kingsbury, Kyler Murray. You got DeAndre Hopkins as well. I think the Cardinals is going to be a lot of fun. We're going to talk about the game between the Cardinals and the 49ers in just a little bit, but I think those Seahawks will get it done. There's always kind of a Super Bowl slump with the losers. I'm not going to sit here and say the 49ers are going to fall off the face of the earth, but we did see that last year with the Rams, and we thought that offense was too big and you know too hot to fail, and it kind of did. Sorry, I couldn't, I couldn't find the unmute button. Um, I mean, you are right. I mean, if we remember correctly, the last time the 49ers went to the Super Bowl, they did lose under Colin Kaepernick, and they kind of sucked balls for a while. So maybe, maybe Jimmy G breaks that curse. All right, now we're just going to jump right into it. Our Super Bowl predictions. I can't exactly remember what I did last year, but I think it's going to be very similar to what I did last year. I'm going to be the homer. I'm going to stick with my Saints. The Saints will make it to the Super Bowl. This might be, it probably will be, Drew Brees' last year. So I will go with the Saints out of the NFC and then out of the AFC. I. Those Kansas City Chiefs looked real good yesterday, even though I don't think they even, you know, were at their full capacity. But I will go with the – it's so hard just not to take the Chiefs because they are just so goddamn good. But I will go with – fuck it, I'm going to go with the Tennessee Titans. I think if they their offense clicks the way it can and if that defense comes together and is stout, they are a tough, tough matchup. So I'm going to go – with the Tennessee Titans making out of the AFC and taking on, but losing to the New Orleans Saints. I mean, I understand the Saints pick, but the Titans, ugh. Um, I think I'm going to do nothing but safe picks. (laughs) And those safe picks are the Buccaneers and the Chiefs. Good job, Dominic. You picked two teams that are in different divisions. I am. Thank you. That's all I really wanted to hear from you is that you actually picked two teams, one team from the AFC, one team from the NFC, and you did that. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Before we get on to uh, everyone's favorite segment, we got to do a recap of Thursday Night Football. Football 
was back yesterday. We had the Houston Texans take on the Kansas City Chiefs in Arrowhead. There were fans in attendance, and the Kansas City Chiefs just ran away with it. it the score might only be 14, but it was a whole hell of a lot more than that. The Kansas City Chiefs beat the Houston Texans 34-20. to I think the big question mark going into the game was just you know how good that Kansas City offense could be, and they were just right back on track. And as I said, I don't think they really hit their stride. The two running backs in question, CEH and David Johnson, I think they both impressed. Dominic, what do you think of the game and any thoughts on it? Well, first things first, I mean, I'm surprised you didn't bring up the fans booing. I mean, I mean that we can also talk about Dak, Dak Prescott and depression if you want to, you know, just go all in. I don't have time for that. Um, but uh, I, I was kind of surprised. Uh, I, I, not, not to say that, you know, I knew Kansas City was going to win, but I'm surprised that uh, the Texans didn't put up a little bit bigger, better of a fight. I mean, it was, I thought it would have been a closer game. Um, like you said, CH, Dave Johnson, you know, performing really well, um, but you can't stop Mahomes. I mean, he, he's going to find somebody. You can't stop him. Yeah, the Texans offense definitely was just it's not the same without DeAndre Hopkins. I think they put up some some good points, some you know, good numbers. Will Fuller got a lot of action, which he should. But I, I just think that defense with Houston just could not do anything against that Kansas City offense. And that's what you have to do. You have to try to stop them. And the Texans last year had the formula to beat them. You know, get get them off the field, you know, hold the ball for a really long time because who knows? Because every time that Kansas City Chief the offense gets the ball more than likely we're going to score. So just keep them off the field, limit their possessions. And they just weren't able to do that to do that. But I think that Houston defense is a, in a bigger question mark right now than the offense. To be Well, honest. I mean, if you think about it too, and this isn't me, this is me, not because I have Kansas city defense, but this is me just being honest. Kansas city's defense was a little lackluster uh, on Thursday, but last season their defense was actually one of the one of the best i not to say that it can't get better over over the season but i mean it was pretty much you know they i can't remember if i think they averaged like an interception a game or something like that but they they were phenomenal and i felt like they kind of just didn't really do what they were supposed to do on thursday it is week one. I think there's going to be a lot of, you know, bumps along the road, especially in the first few games. I think the defense is probably something to look out for more than the offense. Yeah, maybe offense is more complex, but I think just defense, it's maybe a little bit harder to prepare for the offense and, you know, react to what they're going to do. So I just think, you know, take a wait and see approach. I think for the first four to five weeks, you give them a little bit of a pass, but Obviously, after that, it's more of a trend. And that Kansas City defense, as you said, I think is a little underrated just because the offense is so potent. Yeah, sometimes they are caught in these shootouts. But, I mean, I still think, as I said, I think Kansas City is going to be just as good as they were last year, maybe even a little bit better. That offense was on fire, but it, it, it wasn't as good as it could be. Don't I don't, I don't, find I don't, the I don't. button. <laughs> everything kept going black for a second i was like i can't see i can't do anything um yeah I, I mean kansas city kansas city baby that's i don't know what to say let's just move on all right so now we got a full slate of games on sunday and monday which means you know you got a little teaser of it last week but now you get the first official slate of everyone's favorite segment 
Dominic's picks. Bum, bum. So take all of these picks to your local bookie and stamp them. This is Stone Cold Lock. All of these are going to happen, and we will be keeping I mean, track. I mean, hey, hey, I am 1-0. You are 1-0. So. You did. You went on a limb and took the Kansas City Chiefs. I believe last year, I don't have the number in front of me, but you were over 500 last year. You had a few rough weeks. You had a few really good weeks. But all in all, you got more right than you did wrong. God, they need to fucking figure this mute button out better, Zoom. Come on, you guys. Or you can just you know, sit upright and not be leaning back and – what does that have to do? What does that have to do with the press tea in China? I mean, I, I'm perfectly fine pressing the mute button. But you know, I'm on my laptop. You're on your phone. It's a different, <laughs> yeah, a different layout. I, I have to click the screen and then hit mute and unmute. But if I don't do it quick enough, it disappears. And I have to click the screen again. But if I double click the screen, it, yeah, whatever. Um, First world what problems. Ta- what are we talking about again? Oh, yeah. Dominic Spix. Let's do this. All right. So we got the Battle of New York taking place in Buffalo. We got the New York Giants taking on those Buffalo Bills. Stefan Diggs making his debut. Dominic is not biased whatsoever when it comes to Stefan Diggs. Bills, baby. I got to agree with you. I go with the Buffalo Bills as well. I think that offense, I mean, I think the Jets, Jets are going to Jets. They're not going to be that good of a team this year, but I do think Buffalo will get the job done. Then, Moving over to the NFC North, we got the Green Bay Packers going to Minnesota to take on those Vikings. So starting off hot, usually these teams end the year playing against each other, but they will start off the season playing against each other. Those Packers taking on the Vikings. Who do you got and why? I mean, I kind of want to go with Green. I mean, I kind of want to go with Minnesota, sorry. Um, Just because I feel... Like you said, it's week one. Got to get all the kinks out and everything. Um, I, I, I'll still go with Green Bay, but, I mean, right now in my, my head, I think it's a 50-50 chance of both teams. But I think I'll keep it with Green Bay. Aaron Rodgers will get the job done. And if you said it's a 50-50 matchup, then I will go the opposite and I'll be different. I will pick Minnesota. I think their offense is good. The defense is good as well. I think both these teams are – very well-rounded. I think it's going to be a low-scoring matchup. Both of these teams want to run the ball, establish dominance, but I think Minnesota will pull it off. And it definitely has nothing to do with me having Dalvin Cook. And I mean, got- if I said if I said 100% sure luck, you know, Green Bay, would you still – would you want Green Bay? Would you want with Minnesota still? Well, if it's your stone-cold lock of the week, then I guess I got to go Green, Green Bay because Dominic's okay. always right. It's his I'm just making sure. Just making sure. Then the Philadelphia Eagles <clears throat> will take on the – Washington football team. I can't use the racial slurs anymore because they changed the name. But I think the Eagles, as I said, are one of those top tier, well, not top tier, but I think they're going to be contending for the division like they always do. Washington will be better this year. I think Washington will put up a fight, but I think in the end, Philly will get the job done. Is the studio audience okay over there? Yeah, she's just chucking on sunflower seeds. You know, I'm staying unmuted because, you know, I don't want to. Give yeah, the awkward silence. So if you have the hair cough or two from her choking on sunflower seeds, which they're ranch flavored, shout out to ranch sunflower seeds. Um, just but, just uh, the whole ranch sunflower seed business. Yes. Now I'm not going to name the names unless they want to, you know, send us some, some uh, sponsorship. You know, maybe it's David's, maybe it's something else. I don't know. Are you going to make a pick? 
uh, Philadelphia. Hot take. We got the Cleveland Browns going to Baltimore to take on those Ravens. I, as I said, I think the Cleveland Browns will be better this year. I think people are kind of sleeping on them because a lot of people were high on them last year and they did not mm-hmm. live up to the hype. But I think Baltimore will win kind of decisively. I think they'll win by about 14, maybe 17 points. But I think Cleveland will have some bright spots, but Baltimore will win. Uh, I agree 100%. And one thing I want to bring up real quick is why are there – there's been not enough poop jokes about OBJ on this podcast. I mean, I don't like to force them. I like to take, you know, some Miralax and, you know, let it, let it slowly come out and let it, you know, let it come to me. Gotcha. Yeah. So I'll, I'll be waiting to laugh. So. Okay. We got the Indianapolis Colts taking on the Jacksonville Jaguars. Those Jaguars, I think, are going to be pretty bad this year. And if I'm going to go with a Stone Cold lock, I'll go with this as my Stone Cold lock. Indianapolis Colts beat the Jaguars. Yes, Phillip Rivers making his debut for a new team, but I think he will get the job done. I agree. I think Jaguars are going to be utter trash. Not to say the Colts are any better, but, I mean, hey, anybody's going to be better than the Jaguars. So, yes, I'll go with the Colts. And now here we go. We got the Las Vegas Raiders traveling to Carolina to take on the Panthers. Teddy Bridgewater making his debut for the Panthers. I think the Raiders will win this one. Yeah, maybe there might be some hiccups every now and then, but the Raiders are favored, I think, very not heavily, but I think they're favored around seven points, and I think they will get the job done here. Some question marks, I think, are on the defense. You got Jonathan is it Jonathan Abrams or whatever the safety who was just on fire that first game, but unfortunately he hurt his shoulder and he couldn't play again. So I think you got an upgrade on the defense right there. And I think the defense will be a lot better and that's going to help them out. Um, the question I have for you regarding the red, I mean, I, I do think the Raiders will win. Um, but the question I have for you is, do you think Derek Carr is going to be passing more this season? I'm, and when I mean passing, I don't mean that little, fucking two-yard little shuffle pass he does, and they try to run it for a touchdown. I'm saying, like, do you think we will see him actually throwing the ball forward long distance like he did his first two seasons, or do you think this is going to be more of a run offense? Well, you got Tyrell Williams, who is out for the season, and he was the number one guy there in Oakland, now Las Vegas. But I think with Henry Ruggs, the Raiders' first-round wide receiver, He's not the guy I wanted to pick. I wanted C.D. Lamb, but they decided for Ruggs, kind of an old-school Al Davis move, just picking the fastest guy. Some comparisons are there for uh, Tyreek Hill, just a super speedy guy. But as you said, Derek Carr is a really one to throw that deep bomb, and I think that's really the way that Ruggs is going to be a factor is if he breaks one off. Maybe he'll only catch two or three times. You know, He'll only get two or three catches, but he he can bust one, and he can, you know, get like a hundred plus yards on just three catches. And you got, you got Darren Waller out there. He's a, one of the top tight ends in the league, but then you got Hunter Renfro and you got some other kind of okay guys. But I think rugs really, I don't know if I'm going to put too much pressure on him, but Josh Jacobs panned out last year. I think rugs has to pay out this year. Cool. 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 I agree. What's going on? The Chicago Cubs or the bears. It's very, you know, 
very hard to tell the difference because they're you know one's a cub Dude, and one's a bear they're the same exact animal you're, you're losing your shit dog come on hey i'm al- almost halfway through and i've only called them one baseball team all right the okay. chicago bears take on the detroit tigers no the lions come on that was that last one definitely was not on purpose that was a total it was on purpose you just you have to do you have to do the rest of this rest of the show now i have to do all the baseball teams from now on you have to do that and then when we go into wrestling you have to you know just fuck up their name the bears and the lions i think this is two teams that are kind of lower on the totem pole might not be the prettiest game metro trubisky people are making memes about Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes from yesterday sitting side by side. But I think the Lions will pull this one out. I think that Chicago offense still will not be very good. I think the defense will keep them in games, but that offense just good God. I think I'm going to go the opposite. I think, you know, I'm a firm believer defense wins games. I think, uh, and championships and, and championships. I think, uh, I'm not saying that it's going to be a pretty game, but I think it will come down to like a last play and Chicago's defense will secure the win. Then we got our first battle of the birds, the Seattle Mariners or the Seagulls or the Seahawks take on the Atlanta Braves or the Falcons. There you go. I did it, Dominic. You proud of me? Yeah, I'm a little happy. So, yes, we got the Seahawks taking on the Falcons in the Battle of the Birds in Atlanta. I think the Falcons will be good this season. I mean, that offense is always just going to chuck it and be high octane, but that defense is not very good. But I will go with the Seahawks to get the job done. Pick them to win the division. I think they get off on the right foot here. I think I'll uh, agree with you. I think the Seahawks, it's that – that high octane offense is what's really going to drive home this victory. I think, uh, I mean, I don't think the Falcons have really been doing much. So yeah, I think I'll, they do I'll have stick. Todd Gurley, Dominic. What are you looking at with Todd Gurley on the Falcons? I mean, healthy Todd, or are we talking can only play, you know, two snaps because he has to rest the rest of the game. Gurley. He's supposed to be healthy. I mean, healthy, it, it, it's going to be great, and he's going to cause a lot of uh, problems for other teams. But if he's going to – if he was the end of his tenure with the Rams, there's, there's you know, no fucking point of even talking about him. We got the Miami Dolphins traveling to Foxborough to take on the Patriots. I think the Patriots will win this one pretty decisively. I think what everyone's going to be looking at is how that offense runs through Cam Newton. Will Josh McDaniels, you know, pull some things out of the back of his playbook that he was never able to use with Tom Brady because Tom was not a runner like Cam Newton. So I think this is definitely a game to watch. Maybe not because it's going to be a great game, but just kind of see the X's and O's and see how Cam Newton plays in that offense since there was no preseason this year. Uh, I agree, but the question that pops in my head is um, how you said, you know, the run friends, how it's going to run through camp. How is is Belichick going to have to change his coaching style is my thing. Um, two different people. You From what really... I've heard, he was de- he's definitely different around Cam than how he was around Tom. But that's, as you said, they're two completely different people. You got to treat them two completely different ways. 
And that's the thing when it comes down to it is, you know, like you said, no preseason. So we can't really see how different the coaching style is. So I'm, that's one reason why I want to watch this game, just to see the difference in coaching. We got two teams that are on the come up. We got the two top quarterbacks being drafted, but one of them will not be playing. We got the Los Angeles Chargers taking on the Cincinnati Bengals. Mr. X, I know we'll be cheering for them, but will they get the job done week one, Dominic? Will Mr. X be happy? Uh, I hate to break it to you, but he's not. He's going to be crying, crying, and crying because just like the Reds, the Bengals can't get it done. Yeah, I'm sorry. So to all the Tennessee Titan fans out there, just like all my, the Cincinnati Reds fans out there, I just cursed your team, and you're not even going to make the playoffs, let alone make the Super Bowl. But I digress. I think the Bengals will be, as I said, I think they'll be decent. I think they'll win a few games. I do not think they'll win this game, though. I think the Chargers will get the job done. I think Tyra, people sleep on Tyrod Taylor. I think Tyrod Taylor is a damn good quarterback. Yeah, he's not an elite guy by any means, but he can definitely get the job done. And he might be benched at the end of the year, maybe to no fault of his own, but maybe more just trying to get the rookie some reps. But I will go with the Chargers. Uh, maybe not decisively, but I think this could be a sneaky good t- uh, game between some below-average teams. I mean, isn't it kind of a what, – what was the, the thing you used to say last season um, when, like, the two garbage teams would play? What would you call it? The garbage bowl or something like that or something like that? That was so long ago. How am I supposed to remember? Come on, you know everything. You're, you're new the year, new new year, new gimmicks, Dominic. I don't know what the fuck am I supposed to? What's my gimmick then? I don't know. They're just or our gimmicks are organic, Dominic. We definitely don't force them. Mm, like like me, like me saying the Diamondbacks are going to be taking on the Giants in San Francisco or Santa Clara at Levi Stadium. So, I think this is going to be a good game. I think a lot of people are just going to expect the 49ers to get the win here, but both times Kyler Murray and the Cardinals faced off against the 49ers. They put up a good fight. So I'm going to do it. I'm going to go on a limb into the Cardinals beat the 49ers in Levi stadium. For a second, I got totally fucked in the head. I was just like, who's playing, but uh, I a hundred percent disagree with you. I think Jimmy G is going to blow up that defense. I'm going to go with the Niners. You got Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk, both questionable, both wide receivers dealing with some injuries. I think if both of those guys are either not playing or very limited, you can focus a lot of your defense on George Kittle to kind of lock him down and try to make the other guys who aren't exactly elite playmakers like George Kittle. So I think that's the key to victory. But the game everyone's going to be looking at on these Sunday afternoon games is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers taking on the New Orleans Saints in New Orleans in the Superdome. New look. Mike Evans will not be playing. Well, he is doubtful, which means more than likely he won't be playing. But Tom Brady making his debut for those Buccaneers. Dominic, what are you looking at? And how do you think week one of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Don't ever say that shit again, Brandon. Um, the Tampa think- Bay? Don't ever say that. That's garbage. Um, or the Tam Brady? Tam Brady's a little better. Okay. Uh, I think it's going to be a shootout. I think Breeze has a lot to prove. I think Brady also has a lot to bru- prove. Uh, as long as, you know, they don't get hurt. I, I, I still go with Tampa Bay. I'm sorry, Brandon. And I will go 
with the Saints, not because I'm, you know, trying to be a homer, but I do think that, as you said, the Saints and Drew Brees is going to have a lot to prove, and they want to go out there, maybe not run up the score, but definitely put a beating on Tampa Bay. With no fans in attendance, I think it's going to be really interesting to see how these stereotypical home field advantages play out, like Seattle, like New Orleans. You got Kansas City who have some fans, which I guess will maybe help them out a little bit, but I do think the Saints will get the job done. Now, in the Sunday night football game, we got the Dallas Cowboys going to SoFi Stadium for the first time in Inglewood, taking on those Los Angeles Rams. Dominic, who do you got? And why? I will go with the Los Angeles Rams. As yeah, yeah, you better be sorry. Um, I'll go with the Los Angeles Rams because fuck the Cowboys first of all. But no, I just think that Goff and Cup and you know I can't remember the running back they have now, but I think that they're just going to be that much better. I do, as I said, I do think the Los Angeles Rams will. Uh, be a lot better compared to last year. But I I think this is going to be a shootout. I hope it's going to be a shootout. I think it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. But I will go with the Dallas Cowboys. I think I'm just higher on the Cowboys overall than Dominic is. But I'm also high on the Rams. So I'm definitely going to be watching out from both teams. Uh, you got Jalen Ramsey over there on the Rams, so he can be a shutdown cornerback. I think overall both the defenses have some question marks. That's why I think the offenses on both teams will succeed. Now on to Monday Night Football. No Raiders this time, which is kind of a uh, a staple for Monday Night openers. But we got two games, kind of disappointing. The Pittsburgh Steelers taking on the New York football Giants. I think the Giants offensively can be a lot of fun to watch if everyone stays healthy. But I think the Steelers will win this one pretty decisively, mainly because that defense of the Giants is not very good. I mean, basically, you just said everything I was going to say. Steelers' offense, 100% better than the Giants' defense. I mean, there's nothing much more to go off of. Then in the final game, the late game, the Tennessee Titans will take on the Denver Broncos. You got that high atmosphere at mile high. So you just got to wait and see how exactly that's going to affect the Tennessee Titans because obviously you can't practice in that high atmosphere like you normally can before the uh, game starts but anyways I think the Tennessee Titans will beat the Denver Broncos behind Derrick Henry and that I, I would say under appreciated Tennessee offense um, I do agree Tennessee will win this match up but I also I'm going to state that I don't think they're just going to win. I think they're going to dominate. I think Denver has a lot of issues. They're working out. Um, their defense isn't looking as hot as it used to be. So Especially I think now that Von Miller is out for the season. Exactly. And uh, it's, it's just going to be another, it, especially with Von Miller being out. It's another one of those little, you know, now they got a big, shoe to fill with Von Miller being out and they can't find anyone to do it. So I think this is going to be a, a just dominant victory for the Titans. All right. That'll do it for Dominic's picks. Now we're uh, Dominic. Do you need any fantasy advice? We did this last year. So we will be doing this once again, but this time we got a little bit of a twist because Dominic is actually playing in the same league as your boy. So we're going to get some, uh, 
fantasy advice to Dominic, presented by well, Points and Doinks every Tuesday. Well, basically, I'm kind of screwed for this week because, you know, I had someone playing on, on Thursday. Um, so, actually, no. I guess they I guess lineups are locked on Thursdays. Huh? I forgot about that shit. Um, basically, Brandon, I'll just tell you my lineup that I started and tell me if I – well, you're, you're going to make fun of me anyways. But I'll tell you my lineup, what I have locked in, who I don't have locked in, and tell me what I should have done. Um, so you said it earlier. Uh, I, I have Tom Brady as my quarterback. Pretty, I, you know, I was going to say it's a pretty good pick. I'm not going to say it's a great pick. It's a pretty good pick. I would say it is a atrocious pick because you passed up Dak Prescott, Kyler Murray, and Deshaun Watson for Tom Brady in the third round. I got Tom Brady in the third round. I think that's pretty fucking good. I think you could have gotten Tom Brady in the sixth round. Don't think so. So I got Tom Brady. My running backs, I have McCaffrey, which we've already talked about, which the only reason I picked him was because in my head, I knew that was the number one guy from last year too. Um, I have um, Mark Ingram, the second, as my second running back. I have Cup and Diggs as my receivers. Jared Cook for my tight end. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders as my flux. Kansas City defense, which got me four points, but, you know, had 20 points in the beginning of the game. Looking really high on that. And then my kicker is Young Ho Koo from the Falcons. The master of the onside kick. CC, senor. Uh, now, who is not starting? I am not starting Tannehill, but the reason I have him is because I might be looking to trade him down the line. Or maybe Tom Brady, I don't know. Depends who's doing better. Uh, I have Sterling Shepard as a backup receiver. I have Golden Tate for some stupid-ass reason as a backup receiver. Um, But he's been questionable for a while now. Uh, Backup running back Daryl Henderson Jr. from uh, L.A. Uh, Chris Herdon Herdon from the Jets. Mike Williams, and then Larry. Okay, so I would say the only person that is worthy of starting in your lineup would be Sterling Shepard. I think there's a lot of question marks with that New York uh, offense. How exactly is it going to work? But that Pittsburgh defense is quite good as well. So if you can run it back, who are you starting at the flex right now, Dominic? Uh, Sanders, because I – well, I can't change it now. But, yeah, Sanders. Why can't you change it now? Isn't it locked? As long as they are not, they haven't played it. You can change it, Dominic. That's why we do this. Oh, you can. Oh my okay. God. So you sh- you're seriously saying I should put Shepard in for Sanders? Once again, tell me again. Who does Emmanuel Sanders play for? I keep forgetting. Uh, he plays for the New Orleans Saints. I think that. Uh, well, you got Michael Thomas out there. I don't exactly know what the wide receiver depth chart off the top of my head. What is the projections for each of those guys? Sanders is projected 11, Shepard 13. I mean, my gut is kind of saying, like, stick with Sanders because I do think that the New Orleans game is going to be just very high scoring. But also Sterling Shepard is the guy in New York. And I think there is some, as you said, Golden Tate kind of questionable 
as well. So I think there's some injuries to which maybe propel or maybe force Daniel Jones to throw more to Shepard. So I think on if it's Monday, I mean, you got obviously got to make your pick by Sunday. I will go or no, yeah, because they play on Sunday. But I say because you are like projected to lose right now, right? Let's see. So I, I, would, I would I would maybe throw in Shepard because I just feel Shepard has the higher ceiling. Yeah, I'm projected 144. My opponent is projected 151. So I think I would throw Shepard in there at the flex. I think, I mean, Cooper Cup, I, you know, we kind of flame you for that pick. I think definitely that was a, not, not your best move in the world because I just felt – I mean, I got Robert Woods after you got Cooper Cup, and I just feel like Robert Woods is better and will attract well, more. I, I was really hoping um, – like I when I picked Cooper Cup, I was kind of like, "Fuck!" Uh, 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 I was kind of. Well, shouldn't, everyone, shouldn't everyone be like listed like in rankings, Dominic? Well, yes, but you guys, as soon as I took McCaffrey, everyone took all the receiver because it went. It was a snake, remember? So I got McCaffrey, and then everyone picked all the running backs, and coming back, people started taking all the receivers. So I was like, "Shit!" But as I said, and, Robert Woods, I'm pretty sure I picked him after you. I'm pretty sure you you picked him before me because you were ah. you would have got your pick before me and when it went back to you. I use I picked Robert Woods in the fourth round. Cooper Cup was oh. your third round pick. Oh, I don't know these things. I don't give a shit. And so you're saying, so you're saying I should? Well, but anyways, I was really hoping for Mike Williams, but he ain't coming back till probably week two or three. Dominic, we're already running quite long. Could we move on to some fan mail questions? Or, because we actually have multiple questions for multiple people. See, we can go with Mr. X and Company's questions of the week Hello. if you want. Uh, no, Mr. X is the only one that gets a jingle until your emailers can go on a consistent, uh, I don't know, emailing, emailing spree. Because he's been here since we started this thing. So Mr. X gets the jingle. Your people don't. So with that being said, Brandon, we have a few questions from Mr. X because it is Mr. Actions. Mr. Actions. Oh, God, see what you do, Brandon, you jerk. Mr. Actions? <laughs> it is Mr. X's questions of the week. Bum, bum. Um, okay. So he says, hey there. You know, hey, Mr. X, how are you? Howdy. How's How's the family? Good, good, good. Um, so the first question, it's kind of a mixture of both, but uh, what was up with that super kick and the Raptor Celtics game? I mean, Brandon, is that was that a flagrant two or was it a one or was it just a foul? Nah, let the kids play. It was just a foul. Oh, come on. It was a one at least. I mean, he did sell it pretty good though. I'll be honest, I didn't even watch the video. I just saw the photo of it. Exactly. Um, I mean, let's be honest here, though. And if that was a LeBron James gang kicked in the face of James Harden, if that was a, you know, a Kevin Durant, would it have been a bigger deal, you think? They would be in the ICU right now. Okay, cool. Great. Wonderful. Um, let's see. And this is actually a good question uh, because I think we're going to have multiple answers. Is there any teams you hate, if not hate, a very strong dislike for Mr. X? He 
I, he doesn't say if he hates or dislikes it, but I'm going to say hate. He hates the Pirates and the Steelers. Brandon, before I give my teams, what baseball team, what football team do you hate or strongly dislike? So I think at the moment, the team that I hate the most would be the Houston Astros. Obviously, they are rivals of the age divisionally, but with all of the cheating scandals that have been going down, it just adds an extra dimension to it. I think the Yankees are another team that everyone just kind of hates, but I think, I, I think I've come to appreciate them just a little bit more just in terms of like the talent that they have and you know, the way the teams play. I think as I've gotten older, you know, more, more wiser, you know, I, I don't hold the vendettas against the teams yeah. as much. Like I don't have like, like, let's be honest. I used to like really hate the Niners really used to hate the giants and, I mean, I just don't really feel that way anymore. It's like, okay, I mean, I mean, yeah, they're rivals, and I'd rather have my team beat the other team and have them lose and whatever. But, I mean, for the most part, if I'm watching the Giants game, I'll root for them to lose unless they're playing against one of the uh, American League teams. But I think the San Francisco teams, the Giants, the Niners, and then the Astros. So, for me, I mean, I, I do agree with you. I think the Astros right now are on my shit list for – probably the rest of the time, just, just because of what they did. Um, I mean, like, like I have to agree with you, but the total opposite. When I was growing up, I really did not like the A's because I was a Giants fan. I mean, I was a Giants fan from 2001 to basically what, 2018, uh, 2017 still, you're still, maybe. still recovering. I'm still recovering. You know, I, I – Oh, sorry I, for your loss. Kung Fu Panda has been DFA'd and released by the team. I'm sorry about that. It's okay. I mean, I'm not crying over it anymore. If this was like, you know, eight years ago, yeah, I'd probably be crying. But you know. I mean, we, we pretty much went through this a few years ago when he got traded anyway, so. Yeah, exactly. Um, but now, you know, I mean, I'm always going to have a place for the Giants in my heart. So I don't uh, – I, I would say it's the Astros. Um, do I have a – you know, you didn't say anything about any other – I mean, you did mention the 49ers, but, I mean – would you consider them a hatred, strong dislike? I mean, is there a team that is there a football team that whenever you just hear their name, you go fuck them? I think actually, I'd have to change my pick. I'd have to go with the the New England Patriots. I think they're definitely. They, I think that's honestly the team I hate more. Yeah, I know as a Raiders fan, you know we're all supposed to like just despise the Niners and everything like that. But I mean, we don't play them all that often, and what we do, it's kind of like a preseason game, and it's fun to see the Raiders play, play the Niners, and sometimes stuff happens for all the wrong reasons because the fans mm-hmm. are But I think it's very similar to the Astros, I feel as though. All those years ago, yes, I'm still holding the grudge from the fucking the Tundra. But, uh, I mean, I just feel as though, you know, they, they cheated. When I, I mean, they, well, I mean, I, I guess they cheated with, all, with those other scandals, but I think the New England Patriots is probably the team I would put ahead of the 49ers. Is, is it the Patriots or is it Tom Brady? Because I think a lot of the people affiliate the Patriots with Tom Brady. So it's kind of like, is it because of Tom Brady being there and how Brady was, or is it just the Patriots in general? I think it's more the Patriots in general. I think I've come to appreciate Tom Brady a little bit more than obviously I didn't even realize he was a Bay area kid. So now I have a little bit more respect for him. And then obviously just all the greatness that he's done. Yeah. There is some, cheating allegations thrown in there but it's not anything you know so out of the ordinary or so you know atrocious it's more bill belichick i think is the one that you have to kind of look at a little bit more but i appreciate both of them for the greatness so i'm for the most part i don't really have any like strong hatred for teams i think really the only one at the moment is the astros so i'll go with the astros 
Um, and I've already mentioned today, fuck the Cowboys. I can never stand them. I have nothing against them, but I just, I just, every time. I don't, I don't I, hate, I don't hate the teams. It's more the fans. Like the Cowboy fans are the ones that are annoying. And just I think the Yankee that's fans what, are annoying. Yeah. I think, and that's what does it in for me. It's, it's not really, you know, grant, granted there are, you know, every team has a few players. You're like, God, what a dick or what an idiot, you know, guy sucks or whatever. But you know, it, it's every time I see, Astro, uh, not well, Astros for sure, but a Dallas Cowboys hat, jersey, whatever. I'm just kind of like, Ugh, whatever, get away from me. Um, uh, we have now two wrestling questions, Brandon, and may, probably go through them quick. So we're running a little, a little long here, um, just a little bit. Now that every day is Miro Day, will we finally see him live up to his potential? I sure hope so. I was high on Rusev back in WWE. I mean, I guess we could just get into it right now. I did not like the the segment. I just feel I, as I like did not either. <laughs> you you bring him in there with uh, Penelope Ford and Kip Sabian. It was a comedy segment. It was very WWE esque, and then you bring Miro in, who I feel as though the most. I mean, people loved him with Rusev Day, and he got over. I mean, that's, I guess that's how you he got over as a baby face. But I think also like as a heel. You know, he's serious, and I would assume Kip Sabian is more of a heel than a babyface, so then why are you bringing in Miro kind of as a babyface, it seemed like? But then also, like, that brass ring, glass ceiling promo. We've heard so many times, it is so tiring, so cliche, that I wish we never hear that ever again. I just, I'll be honest, I kind of hated everything about it. And it sucks because I really want Miro to succeed and be something in AEW. Well, and I, I think he will, but I, I just think it, you know, what we've seen from a lot of the, you know, debuting of these really superstars is they've kind of, you know, stunk it up a little bit. But as they progress through, they, they kind of prove, you know, why they're still wrestling. Um, last but not least, Brandon, when will we see Retribution's identities? When are they going to be revealed? I have no idea, but I think it's kind of come to the point where you just got to get it going. Should or get off the pot at this point. It's just been so long. It's very similar to like the Kenny Omega hangman stuff and the elite stuff where it's like, you've been doing the same things over and over again. And it's been too long. Just get to it. I know there's been some rumors that your girl, Mia Yim is rumored to possibly be in retribution. Your boy, Dominic Dijakovic. Dijakovic. Another Dominic who spells his name wrong. But, I mean, it, it, it does kind of suck that if Retribution is going to be with those kind of bigger names. I mean, I think Mia Yim kind of is what she is. I think she could be really good, but obviously she's not going to be the top-tier talent that I think Dijakovic could be. So I, I just feel as though you scrap the thing altogether, and if you're going to bring those guys in, bring them in under a different circumstance. All right. Well, that does it for Mr. X's questions. If you guys want to join Mr. X, email us curveball and cs at gmail.com uh I, I open it every friday and i we answer it on the podcast so if you guys want in hit well, us up on my end follow us over there on the instagram curveballs and cs every friday we open up the dms and we have two different dm questions but they're pretty much the same thing one is from philip antwine co-host of the other podcast or the bullet cast and then the other one i was was gonna say just go ahead and say it man if he's gonna be dm plug it plug him and then the other one is my lovely and esteemed not so little brother big daddy joshua so they both have similar questions one from philip what is not next for Brody lee but who do you think will take the title 
off of Brody Lee. And then Josh asks, what's next for Adam Cole? So just kind of put your little predictor hat on, Dominic, and what's going to be in the future for both these guys? Um, to answer Philip's question first, I, I honestly don't know. I'm, I'm going through the roster right now, and I feel like, you know, does Cody come back? And does he kind of reclaim his, you know, quote, throne? I, I don't see that happening. What I do see happening is someone like a, um, which I'm going to pronounce the name wrong. I'm horrible with names. I'm sorry. Matt Car- Cardone. Cardona. Cardona, sorry. I'm Matt Cardona. Um, I could see, you know, maybe I could see a Colt Cabana, maybe, you know, kind of swerving dark uh, dark order and kind of taking it from him maybe um if, i don't think Dar- i i could think darby darby allen but i think he's going to be catapulted to a world title match pretty soon but um i could see one of those mid-level kind of stars coming in and being you know the one to challenge him i do think the first one that came to mind was cole cabana just because right now that is the storyline going on with Cole Cabana, you know, fucking up at All Out, and now they're kind of going back and forth with that. Cody, obviously, is kind of out there. They're doing the storyline of him, uh, Brody Lee, beating up Dustin. So I think that could be another challenger. Don't know if Cody will actually win it. But I think Darby Allen, you, you kind of dismissed him and saying he's more of the world title level. But I think Darby Allen could be that guy to come in very undersized and beat Brody Lee just because Cody, we've seen that before. Colt, I just don't feel he's at that level quite yet. So I think... Darby is a good guy to come in. Rusev or Miro, as much as I hated the way they introduced him, I know you don't want to like push too many WWE guys out the gate. Or I mean, we're almost a year into Dynamite at this point, so I don't know if you can really say out the gate. But I think Miro is a, a de- definitely an option. I just don't see too many like baby faces and Hangman's out there, but Hangman, I I don't want to say he's above that, but. It is what it is. So, Dominic, what's your thoughts on Adam Cole after losing the NXT title? What's next for him? I mean, honestly, the sky's the limit with him. Um, you can have him feud literally anyone. You can even call him up to the main roster, but I think they will hold off on calling him up just because I think when you want him to debut on Raw or SmackDown, you want a live audience there. Um, so, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if maybe you can kind of keep going with Finn. Granted, I I don't want to see Adam Cole Finn Balor match every week, and you know if not for the next three takeovers, um, do I see him going after North American title? No, Adam Cole is going to be your main guy with Finn Balor, so it's going to be him and Balor, or him and you know somebody else going toe to toe to get to Finn. So I don't know who he's going to be facing, but it's going to be somewhere in that, you know, tournament or, you know, a triple threat, you know, whatever kind of, you know, stupid stipulation they do, but it's going to be him and Finn for a while. I think. I don't think Finn and Cole are going to feud right out the gate. I think Adam Cole definitely has turned babyface officially. I really did like the little segment they did backstage with them doing the two sweet to then Cole doing the post-match promo, just like being very humble and saying, you know, the better man won, but if we have another one, I'm going to win. I really enjoyed the framing of Adam Cole. Cause I feel as though they never really had him be a true babyface, you know, in terms of like a turn and like different, making him a different character. But 
I did like what they did there. I think a lot of people are speculating that maybe we're going to get some sort of undisputed era shenanigans, a breakup. Maybe Kyle O'Reilly is the new leader. They, you know, kick Adam Cole to the curb, something like that. I think Adam Cole, I mean, it's kind of like he's been at the top for so long. He can't be in that title picture again because I think you don't want to have Finn take on Adam Cole. So I'm just trying to think. Maybe Tommaso Ciampa. I think, honestly, Tommaso Ciampa is a good example, is a good feud just because we haven't seen that. I mean, we saw it for the title, but they were flipped, so maybe you can go back to that and have a different dynamic. But, I mean, kind of going with what, what, what you said, though, is, you know, you don't – there's no one else – you know, I mean, everyone's He's, he's kinda, been there for so long that it feels as though he's done everything and feud with everyone. Exactly. So, I mean, is this a good opportunity for a, you know, is this why kind of Bronson Reed's getting a push? Or, you know, like what, I mean, there's no one really a new face or, you know, there's no one new to really be like, this is the guy we're going to go with. So that's why I was kind of thinking Finn and and Cole, but looking looking forward it's going to be another tournament it's going to be another series of matches to determine a number one contender for finn and i think it's going to end up being adam cole all right so let's go on to the smackdown recap we don't normally talk about smackdown but last week was a big episode because we had the op the first promo of roman reigns as a heel they kick the show off Heyman does a lot of the talking and then roman talks a little bit at the end Heyman very subservient not saying that he's his client but he is Heyman that is Reigns is subordinate so very simpy from Paul Heyman there but I very much enjoy the promo I think it was it's so different than the Heyman Brock matchup which to be honest was getting a little stale it was just kind of running the mill doing the same thing every single week and now that Heyman is different with Roman Reigns and Roman is obviously different very much enjoyed the promo. And then now Jey Uso is the number one contender, which I think is a good first step. You don't need to sacrifice anybody. You don't need to worry about 50-50. Just have Roman plow through him and get the win. Establish him as the bad guy. I mean, I 100% agree with you. That that promo, it was it was so different, but, but yet it felt the same in a sense. I mean, Roman's mic skills are better than Brock's, and I think that's what made the promo in the end work um, just because Roman's able to communicate very clearly. Um, I will not I, take this Brock Lesnar promo slander. I think Brock is quite a good promo. I think the only thing that holds him back is he has the Mike Tyson thing where his voice does not match his body. <laughs> so fucking true. Um, but, uh, and I, and I agree with Uso getting the, I'm a little okay. I understand it's great because yes, you don't have to sacrifice AJ or you know anyone of a big name value, but I it does you know like favoritism, man. Like come on, your cousin makes no sense. Then the other big thing on the show was Bailey finally turns on Sasha. We've been waiting for this to happen for a while. In a bubble, I thought the angle was good, but on the other hand, I just felt Sasha, there's no reason for us to care about Sasha getting turned on. Sasha, I think, was just a heel in the segment before that, uh, you know, healing up on the announcer. Like, just tell, if you're going to do this turn, tell the story for a month at least of 
Sasha being nice and Bailey being a little too over the top and Sasha kind of trying to talk Bailey down and be like, oh, come on, don't, don't be like that. And then Bailey, you know, taking, you know, they lose too much and then she beats up on Sasha, which makes Sasha more sympathetic. The execution, or I mean, the angle itself, I thought was good, but the lead up and the story behind it, I did not like. I mean, the story was all right. The lead up was fine, but the execution was fucking amazing. How, I mean, I'm hoping Sasha was selling it fucking phenomenally, but I mean, there was the video of her kind of like shaking a little bit after um, when they were trying to put her on the stretcher and everything. So, I mean, I think the execution was phenomenal. Could have done anything better. Um, I mean, yeah, could could have really told the story a little bit better. I do agree, but I think all in all, it was very well done. Now let's move on to Raw quickly. McIntyre finally gets some retribution on Randy Orton, giving him some claymores, uh, attacking him, really, you know, giving Randy a taste of his own medicine. Not the biggest fan of uh, Drew, you know, doing the interference on Keith Lee's matchup, but I mean, we've seen Keith Lee and Randy Orton, I think too many times already. We've only seen it for like three weeks at this point, but I mean, I think it's a good little 50-50 way of getting Drew's heat back. Did not like the ambulance coming out, Dominic, because I was getting too excited that Scott Steiner was making his return. You really want Scott Steiner to come back? Oh, yeah. Holler if you hear me. Big bad voodoo daddy, right, or something like that. But uh, uh, The big bad voodoo daddy? I didn't like it because it gave me too much of a Braun Strowman feel. That's what I didn't like about it. Um but, I mean, all in all, I think it's fine. I like how Drew came out, hit it multiple times, so it was fine with me. We got uh, in the main event, Buddy Murphy, or sorry, Seth Rollins' buddy, or maybe not his buddy anymore, Murphy, takes on Dominic, who spells his name wrong, Mysterio. And in the end, the Mysterio family just absolutely destroys Murphy. I actually thought this match was quite good. I think it uh, definitely gives credit to Murphy and credit to Dominic as well. Who knows where the story goes from here? Is this the ending? Does they try to pivot and go to Murphy being a baby face and going up against Seth? I don't know. But overall, I thought it was a good match and it was a nice way to finally have the Mysterios get some comeuppance or get comeuppance on Murphy because they've just been selling and getting destroyed for so long. Do you think we will see one of two things here? One, a swerve and Dominic joins Seth or do we see the Mysterio family kind of all join Raw and they're kind of a, you know, wrestling family? You know, you have, you know, maybe Ray's wife don't do much, but I mean, do you see Dominic and I don't know his daughter's name, but do you see them kind of all coming together and being like this big unit? I I don't think this, I mean, I don't know if the sister wrestles or not, but I think Having the Mysterio family out there is fine for now. I don't think they're going to you know, be a, a focal point or a staple on Raw by any means. I think they're just kind of, you know, I mean, with Dominic, I think Dom, what Dominic does next is going to be very intriguing. Like, is Ray going to always be holding Dominic's hand throughout the entirety? Or is Dominic going to go out on his own? Is the baby bear going to fly out of the nest and be on his own? So I think that's something kind of to look to keep an eye on. Because Dominic has had some good matches, he's definitely shown some you know, he, he's shown that he can, there's flashes that he can be really good, but I just don't know if you keep him by himself and have him have a match on his own, what he can do. But it is kind of his gimmick that he's kind of a nervous kid in over his head. Future 24-7 champion is what you're saying. Okay, good. Move on. 
Uh, we got the tag team champions from SmackDown confronting the tag team champions from Raw. Possibly a unification, hopefully, because we need less titles, not more. Okay, great, wonderful, grand. Speaking of 24-7 championships, the former 24-7 champion Cedric Alexander has joined the Hurt Business. Don't know uh, why, because he's just been getting beat up and whatnot, but Cedric uh, finally turned. Excited to see what he can do as a heel, but kind of similar to Sasha and Bailey. Maybe the story could have been a little bit better, but I want to see how Cedric executes the heel role. I'm really hoping, like, I really hope with his, with his heel turn, you see more of him. He gets what he deserves. I mean, Cedric Alexander is one hell of a wrestler. So I really, I'm really hoping this is a big turning point for his career. Now, moving on to NXT. We've already kind of talked about this. Finn Balor is your new NXT champion. He defeats Adam Cole. We've already talked about Adam Cole, what he does from here. But now, Dominic, I mean, you've already kind of said it. You think Cole and Balor will continue on. I think Balor will move on and do something else. I'm just trying to think off the top of my head some heels. I mean, maybe Johnny Gogano or Tommaso Ciampa, I think, is a logical next step. But overall, I really enjoyed the match. I thought it was great. I like how it was at the beginning of the show, not the end, so you couldn't foresee when the finish was going to take place. Fantastic match by these two guys. Yeah, I agree. Fantastic match. Um, I mean, if Finn had, if we had to throw uh, somebody out there, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to run it through my head. I mean, there's Gargano, but we've seen that. There's Ciampa. We saw a smidge of it. Um, there's not a lot that are kind of, I mean, the big issue is cross since he's hurt. I mean, he was supposed to be the champion. Um, I mean, I guess Ciampa has to, is the logical pick. I know they'll probably pick Gargano just because of the size and Gargano can put on a great match with Finn. So, but I honestly, I don't know. I, it, it's hard to say right now. Yeah. At this point, Karrion Cross and Keith Lee were the two fresh two acts in NXT and now they're both gone. So it kind of leads NXT having to recycle some things. Now, Dominic, hope you're sitting down because the dream I'm team, actually, I'm actually laying down. So oh, yeah, maybe that's better or worse. I don't really know, but next week we will get the matchup. Dominic has been waiting for, for the NXT women's championship. Shotzi will take on Io Shirai after they beat up on the Robert Stone brand. Dominic, are you excited? And can you contain yourself for this matchup? Hang on. I need to take a couple deep breaths because I might pass out. Okay. Shotzi gets the job done. I think this is her time. You know, fuck it. Quote John Cena. Time is up. Her time is now. Don't exactly think that's going to happen. I think EO will win, but I think this could be a good showcase to see to show exactly what Shotzi can do. And I am looking forward to that match. Then we go to the Garganos to see a dinner date with Tegan Knox. Tegan and Candace try to talk things out. Doesn't exactly work out the way they planned. We end up in a food fight, of course. So I don't know this means Tegan's going heel. Maybe she switches up her character slightly, but it looks as though we are going to get Tegan taken on Candace. Kind of straightforward Tegan as the face and Candace as the heel. You know, I kind of, not that I don't have any interest in it, but I feel like it, it, it's kind of, I'm sorry, I have to say, Candace is not that good of a wrestler. I'm sorry. I know you love her. How is Candace not that good of a wrestler? I just feel like she's, in my opinion, I feel like she tries too hard to be like Johnny. 
it, it, I, I'm sorry. It's just how I feel. I feel like she all she's trying so hard to be like Johnny that she. How is he like? It, how is she like Johnny? Brandon, stop trying to defend her. It's my opinion. I'm this point. It's broadcast, wrong. Oh, well, you know. Hey, studio audience. Of course, I give my opinion, and it's wrong to Brandon. Of course, right? Jeez. No, oh, I was waiting for her to bury me. I was waiting for her too, but she didn't. I guess she's not paying attention. Let's move on. We get Bronson Reed taking on Austin Theory. Reed gets the win. I think uh, Theory looked good in defeat here. Obviously, there are some backstage things going on with, with Theory, which is why he's not with Seth anymore. But the Bronson Reed push continues, and I think it's been quite successful. I was a little hesitant at it at first, but I think Bronson Reed definitely uh, has something, and I'm kind of coming around to him. He kind of gives me – this is going to be a weird comparison. He gives, me, he gives me a cross between Samoa Joe and Ryback. Because he's a thick boy? As a thick boy. Um, but, yeah, um, I, I'm still not – I still don't know how to feel about him. But I guess what he's doing is fine for now. In the main event, we had Rhea Ripley defeat Mercedes Martinez in a cage match. I thought this match was a whole lot of fun. We got some extracurricular activities. We got some weapons. We got Robert Stone making a run-in and all that other good fun stuff. Really liked it. Thought it was a really good match. And there you go. Good for Rhea. You know, we kind of been saying that she's been spinning her wheels and not doing a whole lot since WrestleMania. But I think this was a good step in the right direction. I, the only thing I didn't like is the riptide off the top of the rope. I felt like, you know, she could have done it a, something else just because I think that's how she won the title from Charlotte, right? Was the riptide off the top. I felt like it was... You mean she, you know, she lost to Charlotte. Oh, sorry. Just, you know... Never, never got her win back. But she looks so much like Charlotte now. Um, but, yeah, I felt like they could have done a little something a little different. But uh, great match. I enjoyed it. All right, then on to AEW, Dominic. Uh, I've given my all-out recap on the other podcast, so if you want, go and listen to it. Any thoughts and things you want to talk about from All Out? Uh, two things. One, Evan Bourne, Matt Sadile. Shockmaster 2.0? I think so. I really do think so. It To come in there and the first thing you do is horribly botch the move that I want to say he's come out and said he's perfected it. I mean, WWE banned it, and he got it unbanned for him to use. And then the other thing is their, I guess, doctor, their their medical staff really screwed the pooch. So that's, that's what I'm going to say. Which we will talk about. We got Jurassic Express defeating the Lucha Bros, and they will take on FTR next week. That was a good match. We get more of the Eddie Kingston stuff with Butcher and the Blade and, you know, trying to be all buddy buddy match itself was good i'm still not the biggest fan of this collection of guys but i'm hoping they do something because they did kind of allude to Pac. so i don't know if Pac is maybe coming back and we can get a, a three on three between lucha bros Pac, and uh, butcher blade and kingston but i mean decent way to start off the uh, start off the show i i think it was wonderful um you know i everything luchasaurus does in my opinion is remarkable so I mean, he's he's one of my favorites right now. Matt Hardy comes out, cuts a promo, kind of just saying that he's good. He's going to take some time off, you know, rest, relax, recover. Got to see Rebby. And, I mean, I thought it was a good babyface promo. And 
yeah, from what happened at All Out was just atrocious. Tony Khan coming out and saying that Matt Hardy didn't get a concussion, even though he was clearly knocked out, and then everything that happened after the fact, and then making him go to the finishing spot where he climbs up a, a scaffold, and then he starts to slip in a little bit. He could have fell and cracked his head open again. Overall, I mean, that whole thing was just terrible. But, I mean, I thought Matt Hardy was – he reco- not recovered nicely, but I thought he uh, was good in this promo, very – you know, straightforward babyface stuff, and hopefully he does get better and they learn from their mistakes because that sure as hell was a big one. I mean, that that's pretty much the biggest thing that I take away from All Out is just the fact that, and I don't know if I want to put a lot on Tony Khan, but I mean, it's it. One thing that Vince doesn't do is tweet when he doesn't know anything if i mean if i'm not mistaken vince doesn't go out there and say Let's oh be honest, vince Rollins. doesn't tweet anything unless it's happy birthday to his favorite wrestler and favorite person human being that's john cena but and not I his mean, son yes exactly um but i mean tony khan he i feel like i know what he was doing he was trying to make you know he's trying to prove a point that oh he's fine he's fine he's fine you know because he's trying to save face but all he had to do was say nothing you know say nothing until he all the facts are in front of him okay matt has a concussion matt went to the hospital he's getting checked out that's it he doesn't need to say oh he's fine our medical staff did this like no i felt like if that's and this is something i can compare it to if this was wwe i feel like wwe would have stopped the match yeah, I mean, I think there's a little bit blame on the wrestlers, but definitely a majority of it goes to the company and the protocol put in place. I wonder what would what, have happened if that stipulation wasn't put, where if Matt lost, he had to leave the company. But I feel as though you can just write that off and do some sort of thing with Sammy to you know undo that. And I think people will be understanding that obviously there was something different planned, but that didn't happen because of what happened in the match. So then moving on, Orange Cassidy defeats on Helico leading to Santana and Ortiz to attack Orange Cassidy. And this will lead to a best friends, Santana Ortiz street fight or parking lot fight, which we're actually supposed to see between the Lucha Bros before COVID really took place and travel bans and everything like that. But I do like how Orange Cassidy is evolving his style. He's not lazy and doesn't do anything. He's actually wrestling for the most part. So I think we're definitely seeing a nice evolution that way. Santana and Ortiz at best friends match should be fine. Story, meh with, you know, the, the mom's van and everything like that, but hopefully Santana Ortiz is going to win ask, here because I, I think they're very a, underutilized. I have to ask a really stupid question here. Are we going to see and I can't believe I'm asking this. We have Orange Cassidy. Are we going to see another fruit wrestler come up? Are we going to see like We do know, have Pineapple Pete. God damn it. We've already talked about Miro coming out as the best man. Hangman, Adam Page sits down with Tony Schiavone. Kenny Omega sits down with Jim Ross. They each have their own interviews. Hangman kind of, you know, expresses his apology and kind of is sad and very, you know, he doesn't like where he's at and blah, 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 blah. Kenny Omega more dismissive, a little bit more heelish, but not straightforward heel, saying that he's not going to be in the tag team division. He's going to be a singles guy. He wants to be the guy he should have been in aew so dominic your thoughts on both these guys and the direction that they're heading um first of all they're heading for a collision course i i feel if they're not feuding right out the gate it's going to be them and you know the start of a tournament for the next 
AEW Championship contender Moxley or to the TNT champion Brody Lee. Dominic um, big on tournaments this episode. Yep, 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 yep. Um, if if they're not the starting mat or, or you know starting round, I can see them coming into the semifinals or finals meeting, and you know this is where it's the you know the turning point for one of them. Um, I don't yeah, think I, the yes, Dominic, go ahead. No, 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 no. I was gonna say yeah, and then I was gonna push it off to you. So yeah, yeah. I think both of these guys aren't exactly in the best predicament. We don't have a straight, you know, there's not a guy that we really like and a guy you really despise. I do agree with you that Kenny and Hangman are on a collision course. They're going to be feuding sooner, sooner rather than later. We got the Young Bucks super kicking uh, Marvez. They got fine. So definitely they're leaning more of a heel direction. So I don't know if they're going to uh, pair up the original elite and that's going to be the direction going forward. But I'm I'm holding out hope. I'm trying to be optimistic, but I just don't like the way that they have just kind of fumbled this hangman character because he was so hot at the beginning of the year. And yeah, COVID hit and there's no crowd. So maybe everything was going to be different, but I, I'm just not feeling it right now. And I think the tag team match at all out was good, but I think it could have been a lot better if the characters were hotter. And I agree. And, you know, I mean, hey, we were there, double or nothing, Las Vegas. Paige comes out and the crowd goes ape shit and he wins it. It, it it was a really, you know, memorable moment. And yeah, COVID hit, you know, the crowd does make a huge difference. But I, I think this feud that is pen, impending uh, will really help his character and, you know, kind of revitalize it to what it was. Jericho and Jake Hager take on Sunny Kiss and Joey Janela. We get Jericho and Hager getting the win. And then they announced that Jericho is going to be focusing on the tag team division. FTR are heels. Jericho and Hager are heels. Don't know if that exactly means we're going to get a turn on Jericho's end, but just something for Jericho to do, I guess, right now while he's in between singles stuff. Do you think Hager is going to be his partner or do you see him choosing somebody else, maybe somebody a little more better than him, than Jake? Yeah, I don't like Jake very much, but I do think having the bigger guy, having Jake be that heavy, so to speak, because I think the other pick would be Sammy Guevara, but I just don't know if that exactly is a, you know, a good mix, a good mix. I think Sammy definitely could be the guy that could wrestle a lot more, but I think in this dynamic, Jericho has to wrestle more, and you would think maybe you want Jericho not to wrestle as much to kind of keep his body fresh and keep him, yeah, you know, more of an attraction. But you know, it's something different. We don't have a lot of big guys in the tag team division. Yeah, I got Luchasaurus, but for the most part, it's kind of the smaller guys, so that can be a so, little bit added difference. I have a weird thought, because you just mentioned there's not a lot of big guys. Weird thought, you know, Jericho wasn't really clear, you know, what he seems to be focusing on the tag team division. Doesn't mean he's going to be wrestling in it. So what if this is a foreshadowing of maybe AOP making a, once their clause is up and done with, you know, it's a foreshadowing of, you know, I said I was going to be focusing on it. doesn't mean I'm going to be participating. These guys are going to be participating, and it's AOP, and they wrecked it. Well, I don't think it's very smart to, you know, say something. Well, I mean, I guess it's a long-term, long-term storyline, but they wouldn't be back. They wouldn't be on the, in the company for another three months, so. Eh, well, you know, it's whatever, Dominic, as he. Uh, Sorry, he, I'm uh, yawning. You know, not enough oxygen to my brain. 
Then we got MJF and Moxley each doing their own promo. MJF making uh, cutting off ties with the whole presidential campaign. Uh, we get a little bit of a tiff between him and Wardlow. MJF stands up to Wardlow, saying that he signs his checks, not Tony Khan. Wardlow kind of backs down, but a little seed planted for possibly a breakup later on down the line. Moxley does the hard pivot, going towards Lance Archer. I thought both of these, I like the Moxley segment better, but I do think that MJF was good in his role and just a little seed for something later on down the line, which we all know is going to come sooner rather than later. I know. And I mean, I have to ask chances of Archer beating Moxley. Do you think Archer is going to be the next AWO champion or do you think it's going to be a hard fought victory for Moxley? I think Moxley wins. It is on television, so maybe that would lean more to Moxley winning, I think. But at this point, Moxley is just kind of in the Slain Dragons type of role. And Archer, he hasn't really been utilized that much recently. I'm definitely looking at either Kenny or Hangman or even Cody. Yes, Cody has the stipulation put in place, but I just I don't see Archer being like that guy. I think Kenny, if he does come out of this as a heel... Maybe he beats Hangman, I don't know, and then you lead him to be the champion. I think that's kind of a good direction. You can kind of go back to the feud they had last year and the hardcore stuff, but have Kenny say, like, you know, that's not me. I'm a wrestler. I'm the cleaner and blah, blah, blah. Damn. I think I tell you this every episode. You should be a booker. No, thank you. We get the FTR Championship Celebration. Uh, They just kind of go around backhanded compliments to all the wrestlers. But the big story of the night is there was a cake used in a wrestling segment that didn't end up in someone's face. I mean, we need to bookmark this and celebrate, you know, every day. And we, we definitely buried the lead here. I'm so, so sorry. We're like an hour and three hours into this, but we finally... Three uh, hours? What the fuck have we been doing? We've been previewing the NFL. So much stuff God to talk damn. about. And then finally, we had Brody Lee defending his TNT championship, beating Dusty Rhodes, really enjoyed the match. Dustin putting up more of a fight than Cody did, but in the end, Brody Lee gets the job done. Definitely, you know, still leaning towards the Nightmare family, the Cody storyline. So whenever Cody comes back, I think he's going to challenge him. But definitely, they are putting heat on Brody. And I think he's been really good, just like Miro. Didn't like the start, but I think everything has come together quite nicely for Mr. Brody Lee. I mean, Brody Lee's going to go through the whole Nightmare family, and the winner, the person who's going to beat Mr. Lee, is going to be Brandy. Guaranteed. You heard it here first. So that will do it for us for today. Thank you guys very much for tuning in. If you'd like to send in the questions, go to Curveball and CS. No S, just Curveball ncs at gmail.com or if you like slide into the dms on the twitter curveballs and chair shots instagram curveballs and cs also on facebook curveballs and chair shots just spell it out and send in wrestling football baseball basketball hockey field hockey lacrosse whatever questions you got send them in and we'll do our best to There's try no to cycling them. questions okay dominic not a big fan so no tour de france talk next week okay but on that note, that's been Dominic Hobson. I'm Brandon Taguma. No appearance by the mascot. Some appearance by the studio audience. No big dog, little dog, and everybody like that. Stay safe and everything 
goodbye and good night. Wear your mask.